Hello and welcome to Funny Business, a podcast for free thinkers. I'm Lockie Bradford. And I'm Robbie Hicks. On today's episode, we have the wonderful Julie Mathers, uh, co-founder of Flora and Fauna, an absolute legend. Well, it was one of my favourite chats in a long, long, long time. If you still had MySpace, do you reckon Julie would be in your top four friends? What do you reckon? Only I would be okay with the, not her not putting me in hers, but as long as I could put her in mine, that'd be okay. How many awards has she won? And the cut, like, I mean, to be honest, I kind of we kind of knew what we were going to get in store with this podcast, but it just blew me away. You know what I mean? Honestly, the story and what she stands for and how fucking cool she is. Yeah, building better businesses, yeah. being a purpose-driven li- purpose CEO, uh, some of their values, just why they exist, what is it, all the evolution of how it happened. If you're interested in the world of e-commerce and you want to learn from someone at the top of their game who's breaking barriers and doing things differently, this episode's for you. Bring a pen and paper, enjoy. Julie, thank you so much for chatting with us today on the Funny Business Podcast. For those at home listening, tell us who are you and what do you do? Thanks ever so much for having me. So my name is Julie Mathers and I'm the CEO and founder of Flora and Fauna, a pretty awesome store. <laughs> well, I've been seeing Flora and Fauna everywhere pretty much for the last few years and I've always sort of wanted to unpack how it all started, what it is and all that sort of jazz. So can you take us back to what it actually is, how it all started and the process it, it took? Yeah, cool. So where it is right now is it's Australia's largest eco store. Um, but it clearly never started out like that. So I, I've always had a bit of an itch to do something. And I've always wanted to, like, I've worked for 20 odd years now. I've worked for, for lots of other people. <laughs> and, and I just kind of wasn't truly happy doing it. And, um, and over the years, I've come up with many ideas many terrible ideas of what I wanted to do. And then in 2014, um, I was actually quite far progressed down a juice cleanse business idea, actually. Really? Because I, yeah, because I personally love juice cleanses. And so I just went, well, I love them. So therefore, let's create a business. What a terrible idea. Because, like a seven-day juice cleanse, like a one-day juice cleanse? What yeah, are we talking? Exactly, like seven-day juice cleanse. So I, I, so I quite often take myself, well, I don't anymore at the moment, but quite often take myself off to Thailand for a week or two because that's a really great place for me to reset and do a juice cleanse. I've done it for 15 years now. And I just thought, well, why don't we bring this to Australia? And um, anyway, I was going down the path of it. And um, and the aha moment for me was when my friend Laura came around. She went, oh, well, make, make me one of your juices because we'd gone down the packaging route and everything else. And I made her a juice and it was really rubbish. Um, and I kind of, and I saw the look on her face and I just went, I should not do this business. <laughs> <laughs> it was simple as it was that one thing that you saw and go, it even was, if she says it's nice, I can see it in the face. I can see it in the face. Exactly. And I just went, oh, and it basically put the seed of doubt in my mind. And then I just went, oh, hang on a minute. This is not scalable. There are so many um, things, hazards basically around health and safety because you're putting juice in it. And, it, and I just went, oh I just don't think this is right for me and it, my gut went completely off and I'm a big believer in gut and so I just went no let's stop let's stop rather than try and force something forward that I just don't think it's going to work and I think that's really important actually if you think something's not going to work don't keep pers- persevering um in the hope that it will just stop it's totally fine to stop 
Well, that's a, it's a hard thing for a lot of creative people though, isn't it? Cause it's like, it might be like their one idea and it's like, and they start yeah. to see it when they're flogging a dead horse, but it's like the yeah. attachment thing, isn't it? It's about getting away from the attachment of the idea of what it is. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's about just going, is this going to work? Is this going to be a business idea? And I just went, you know what? And when I pulled the business case together, I went, oh, this is, this is not going to work. And it also is a real struggle to do as a side hustle because I'd have to, um, I'd have to have given up my job to make juice and also deliver it because you've got to deliver it. You know? And I just went, oh, no, 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 no. This is just way too risky. <laughs> so I'm really glad I stopped that. And pretty much at the same time, because my mind was thinking, I need to do something. So I think I was in the zone of wanting to do something. And I was actually, um, I was actually in the UK and I was going to a friend's wedding and I went into um, oh, the equivalent of Priceline over there. And I went to buy a lipstick. And, uh, and I just went, what is in this lipstick? Now, I'm very passionate about animal welfare, the planet, just just doing good stuff, really. And I just went, I just don't know what's in this lipstick. And and I was kind of getting really irritated because I'm like, the brands don't make it clear what's in it. They don't make it clear how it's made. Or da, da, da. And then I just went, well, why don't I create a store, an online store, where everything is cruelty-free, so nothing's tested on animals? And I just went, that's a like that's my idea that's my thing <clears throat> and that was in uh, I think sort of June 2014 and then I just kind of took it and ran with it and um came up with a, a name Flora and Fauna um actually I can't remember how I came up with that name but my husband does and he said no no we did it when we were skiing and I was like did we I can't remember that <laughs> but I'm really glad he remembers because I couldn't I remember going through heaps of names in terms of thinking, oh, could it be this? Could it be that? And then I went, oh, Fauna's cool. And I was like, oh, that must be taken as a URL. And I was like, oh, my God, it's not taken. This is really good. And, um, and came up with that and then just started contacting a few, supply, a few brands and saying, hey, I've got this idea. Could I sell your products on my website that I am yet to build? And, you know, and, and lots of people just went, yeah, why not? And I think it's a bit easier back then because everyone's now trying to create a website and do lots of stuff. So it's a bit easier, but we launched in November. Well, we've just turned seven, actually. We launched November the 8th, 2014. And that's, um, and we got our first order on November the 10th. And that was cool. Wow. So, yeah. Congratulations. Happy birthday. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Do you remember yeah. what the first item that you sold was? Um. <clears throat> I remember who the first customer was and I remember that she did buy some Vanessa Megan skincare. There you go. So, yeah. So there you go. I can remember when I ordered Vanessa Megan skincare off them and I kind of ordered like two units of each thing. So one to sell and then one to still have in stock. <laughs> and it was, it was, it was just like, it was such a good feeling <clears throat> when I got that order in. In fact, I went and picked it up because we couldn't afford the delivery. So I just went, that's okay. They're in Marrickville. I'm only an hour away. I'll just go and pick the order up instead. But it's those decisions that you make early doors that you kind of, you've really got to just think about, think about the real the sense here. Well, you, Flora, one of the purposes, planet, people, and animals help everyone make better choices. What does it mean to be an eco store and how did the idea develop over time? I'm sure that you have criteria that you had in your brain about what what makes my store that probably evolved and got a bit more like if you don't tick these boxes I don't stock you 
Yeah, yeah, it's a really good point. And I think I think you made a really good point there about evolving, because what you start out as is not necessarily what you become. <clears throat> and, a, and a really key thing here is listening to your customers and what they're saying. So we've been big on social from day one, not just posting stuff, but also listening and here. And we've created a real community over the years. And that community tell us what they want and also what they think we should be. And that's helped us evolve. So we started off as a, yeah, cruelty-free beauty store. And, and all we sold, we had like 500 products, but lipsticks, makeup, skincare. And over the years, we've gone, well, it, I think it was back in 2016 when I, we started off sending everything in Aussie Post satchels. And in 2016, I was like, why are we using satchels? Like, what, what are we doing? Because um, we put a box into a satchel and it was this sort of, misguided thought from me where I just went oh but they'll get damaged no they won't <laughs> so we lost the satchel in 2016 and that that was a pivotal moment for us because that really helped me think about what else we could do and because overnight we had so much um positive feedback about stopping plastic in our orders and then we just went, well, what else can we do as well? Okay, well, let's make all of our packaging as minimal as possible. And that was on the back of a customer going, I've just ordered this product off you, but you've sent me, you've sent me a little card, you sent me some samples. I just don't want that stuff. I just want the product. So I just went, okay, well, we can't just like, we've got to give people the choice. So we put a little check checkbox at um, tick box at checkout, which customers could um, tick if they wanted to, which was, do you want minimal packaging? Um, we put that initially as not ticked and 40% of people ticked it straight away out of the gate. And then we went, okay, well, let's make that the default. And so they've got a one ticket. Um, and so now 99% of people like don't, don't untick. So it's little things like that that have really helped us evolve. And um, we started bringing on some eco products and it's like, okay, we need to bring on more eco products and, we kind of got to the point where we were asking suppliers, well, how do you pack them? What packaging do you use? And even down to the point, I mean, there's so much knowledge that I have in my head. It's actually insane. Sort of some of the stuff that, that I, my team go, how do you know this stuff? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just seven years of knowing this. But even something can look plastic free, but it can have a plastic film around the cardboard or something like that. So you kind of, we get down to the nth detail on, everything we do and we're a completely vegan cruelty free store that's just like out of the gate that's kind of just you just have to be that and then and then we start looking from there at other criteria and and we look for for we look for innovation as well we look we really look to support small local brands who are doing cool stuff um could be biodegradable sunglasses or all sorts you mentioned community, which is, is a topic that really comes up a lot on, on the Funny Business Podcast. I'd love to delve into, did you have experience before like nurturing and growing a community? Is it something that you had to learn? Like what were some of the things that surprised you about? I'm, I'm sure that if you've got people giving you feedback and, and treating it that way, that like, it's really like, it's, it's, engaging, not, it's not just yeah. customer led, it's community. I feel like that's it's different, like community led. It's like people really, really genuinely care about what you are, what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, before before Flora and Fauna, I mean, I've worked in retail for years and years, but I've worked for Coles and Woolies and sort of big, big retailers. Now, they don't really have a community, 
they have shoppers <laughs> because everyone needs to buy food. Um, now they may, may they may disagree on this, but they really like it's a different it's a whole different beast, really. So, in terms of developing a community, it's not something that I've specifically done before. Um, done retail to death and e-com and all that kind of stuff, but with community, I really just I've always been quite intuitive in terms of just and. I've always, I suppose I've always been very customer focused. So in everything I've done, I've always been massively customer focused and it's crazy how many businesses just aren't. And I think that's the key because if you put the customer at the center of every decision you make, it makes it a lot builder to build, a lot easier to build a community because you naturally want to listen to them and you naturally want to engage them. And that's the key crux of it with community. Listen and engage. Um, and 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 we've kind of just, and I suppose I was doing it from the start in some ways because I can remember very early doors. We didn't have a different mobile phone for the website because we couldn't afford one. So we just used my mobile phone, <laughs> which was a nightmare actually because I was constantly getting um, calls. <laughs> and then there was one lady who, Elizabeth, love Elizabeth, and she she would call me. Like every week and go, Julie, what is the newest skincare that you've got? She goes, I just need the newest stuff. She was brilliant. And then and then she go, and then um I tell her and she goes, Okay, okay, I'm gonna try and use a website. And I said, Do you want me to put the order through for you? She goes, Yes, please. <laughs> but she spent <laughs> but she spent like five hundred bucks. And you're there going, I will do anything, I will drive it to Adelaide for you. <laughs> um so and I think it starts from from that where you're just so obsessed with your customer that you should you just always should listen to them and then that the community just naturally builds from there well tell us about um I'm sure in your space there's a lot of competition in that like in terms of competitive edge and and looking for the new things how important is it to like you mentioned before in the fine details and every little um, you know, thing matters. Like, how far do you go with that sort of stuff? Yeah, I think this comes back to the purpose piece. So, and I and I'm a big believer in knowing what your purpose is and what your vision is and what your values are and sticking to them. And yeah, there's competitors around, and you're conscious of what they're doing, but you're not obsessed by what they're doing. So. I've never really been that bothered about what my competitors have been doing because I've been solely and wholly focused on what we're doing and I didn't really want to be distracted. So, and I back what we do hundred percent. So yeah, I'm conscious of stuff they do, but that, that, that's about it really. Um, I've seen, I've seen too many, too many businesses and brands get a bit obsessed with their competitor and then try and compete sort of almost copy their competitor and it's like well then you're not delivering your strategy you're actually delivering someone else's and you're never going to well probably not going to do it as well as them because they know what they're doing and why they're doing it so I've always been very very focused on um yeah our purpose and what we do and with that comes difference because we just sort of we were the first retailers I, I just kind of said oh we send out lots of products like toothpaste and shampoo and stuff, and they, they're sent out in plastic because, well, until recently, you didn't. there weren't really any alternatives. I was like, well, I'm kind of sending plastic out into the stratosphere here, and 
we need to be responsible for that. So in 2017, set up a recycling program, which was the first actually in Australia, um, so that customers could send back their recycling to us of beauty products. And we, and we took everything. So we didn't just take our brands, but anything. And then we, were, we basically paid them for doing so <laughs> and got it recycled. Um, and over the years, that's been going four years now, and I mean, it's turned into it's turned into a monster because the team are now getting we're getting about a hundred boxes of recycling a day now, which is which is crazy. So, what do you do with it all? So we work with yeah. So we work actually we work with different organisations because we've now really expanded out what we recycle. So initially, we were just working with TerraCycle, and we have a contract in place with them basically, where we pay them to take it, and then they. Uh, get it recycled it turns into things like oh uh, park bench seats toys you can even use it in roads all that sort of stuff so work with them but then we've extended so we now take blister packs we also take um bread tags plastic bread tags and that we actually work with um bread tags for wheelchairs which is just a like really really small initiative where I think it's a couple, but they recycle bread tags and they just, they've got their own machine and they recycle bread tags and then they make them into stuff, sell it. And then the proceeds go to um, basically disadvantaged people, disabled people in third world countries who need wheelchairs. So it's a cool thing. I'm going to be collecting my bread tags and sending them in through. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Send them through. Yeah, exactly. And it's one, of, it's such a small thing, but it's like, how many do we go through? Like just yeah. billions and billions every year. It must inspire you seeing all these different people doing cool things because you would be, you know, surrounded by these type of cats, you know, whether it's just at meetings and stuff like that. You must feel like, fuck, there's so many good people out there trying to do some good things. It must like, get you going a bit. Yeah, it does. It actually really, like, it really inspires me. And it's the energy I need to to sort of think of new things i love love working with um people doing good things um like there's there's an amazing woman yasmin who runs the world's biggest garage store in brizzy and um they just get stuff in and recycle it and upcycle it and sell it and it's just it's just good humans doing good things and i think the more the more people who we get doing stuff like that the more it can inspire other people to do better so i've constantly over the years just gone what else can we do? And everything we do at FNF, I look at it and go, can we do it better? Well, you, you, you guys are a B Corp and we've had a few people on who have um, gone through the process of being a certified B Corp. What was the process like for you? How did you approach it? Why did you go down that pathway? Yeah, so we've done it twice now because we have to recertify this year. So, and it is a monster. So it was actually, I think I, I'm, for some reason, I thought it was going to be easier to recertify. It was not. <laughs> it's we, we decided, basically, I decided in 2017, and I, I sort of heard about B Corp, and I just went, oh, everything they stand for is what we stand for. So it made complete sense to me. It was just obvious to me to actually go down that path. And what I found when I was going down that path was, because it, a, it's a big process to do it, and it took about six months. But actually, that's really good because they're digging into every bit of your business. So if you if a business is a B Corp, you can be really assured that they're doing good stuff. This is not just a, 
um that's why it exists yeah it's meant to be yeah, hard exactly. so not everyone can because otherwise it, it exactly. takes away the meaning of what it is correct yeah and they really do plug into everything because it's and it, but what i found is it gives you a really good strategy too because because they go okay what are you doing about people what are you doing about waste what are you doing about the energy you use um so on and so forth like every bit of your business they dig into and so as i was doing the the all the questionnaire and the forms and everything else it i was kind of making a list of going oh we don't do that but we should and so first time round, when i did it i actually kind of gave myself an enormous to-do list about stuff we did we should do and then since doing it first time round, we've become carbon offset we do way more for charity and really it's because we couldn't afford to do it first time round, but now we can and um, we've just done a, a whole bunch more of stuff so um, so it's a big process, but I think coming back to that word community, you end up being part of <clears throat> a core community where, and you you touch base with other businesses and you talk to them. And we've, I've been to a few events, not recently, obviously, but I've been to a few events where I've talked to other businesses about what they do and, and you just share. It's a great way to share. So, <clears throat> so I think it's, I think B Corp's brilliant. Even if a business doesn't become a B Corp, I think it's a good process to go through because you can get an idea of maybe what you should be doing. Oh, I like that. Big, 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 <laughs> big, big, big fan. We've thought about it from our end, but I just, we're not, I don't think we're ready at it's the point stages, to go through the yeah. process of, yeah. yeah, like it's pretty intense. Yeah. And we're, well, what do you think about like the transparency roadmaps and, and sort of, uh, we might not be great in this area now, but we're working towards that and it's going to take a bit of time, but, but being clear on that and letting everyone know how important has that been? really important really important we do like we're super transparent so we tell our customers what we donate down to the dollar <laughs> like it's and i just think that's i just think it's i think i think it's expected now actually mm. that you are transparent about what you do and if you're not it's because i think we've just been covered in like marketing fluff for so many years and what we were told was almost what you just believe and i, I think back to when i was a kid and we were just fed ads, you know, and that was all. And it's just all marketing rubbish, really. Um, you take everything as statements, don't you? And it's not, yeah. and you're not like questioning, well, is this real? Is this truth? You know what I mean? You need to be yeah. a little bit narcissistic, don't you? Or a little bit yeah. like, hang on, yeah. is this the truth? 100%. I think this is where social media has really helped us. Because suddenly people can ask the question and talk amongst themselves on a much bigger scale. And we didn't have that before because we were all quite disconnected or in our sort of local communities or whatever. But yeah, it's, re it's really helped kind of create awareness and then force that transparency. So I think it is, it's very, for me, it's really important. We do, um, each year we do kind of like a, a report on our impact for, the pre for, that, for that year. And we're just very open about it. I'd love to talk about growing, growing, and, growing a team, finding the right people to bring involved. Like <clears throat> with a business like yours, <laughs> I can imagine there's a bit of a, let's make sure we get the right people who align with our values to make sure we're getting we're going to get the best out of who we bring on. Yeah, absolutely. We have, and you know what, it's definitely been hit and miss over the years. I think with anything it's because um, we are a business. So sometimes we've employed some people who kind of might think we're very, you know, we, we're very charitable, but we're not a charity and we are a business and to do what we do and to have the impact we have, we have to operate as a business. And, 
So we have to be very conscious about the purpose and value stuff because some people join us thinking that uh, we're like we're Sea Shepherd and it's like no we're not. <laughs> and so, um, so for us, it's it's the first question I ask at any interview actually is what are your values? Um, mm. I'm yeah, I'm really interested in knowing who they are before we even talk about. I mean, I've got their CV. I'm kind of get a decent idea idea if they can do the job or not, but I really want to understand them as a human and what makes them you know, what, what makes the tick. How many and, rounds um, do you normally do? How many rounds of interviews? Oh, you know, it totally varies. Yeah. It totally varies. Cause I'm, I'm quite, um, I'm not always so structured on things and I don't like to be particularly, I like to just see what's important. So with some people it'll be one round easy. You're right. Great. We know with others, it will be okay. You've got an interview with me, but then you might have an interview with someone else and then we'll actually get you to meet the team and see what the team think. So we do that too. How did, how did it all go with, with COVID? I can imagine that it's thrown a lot of people, um, like thrown spanners in the works for a lot of people over the last couple of years. How did you go moving to this? I know you're working from home today or doing this interview today. You got kids. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just, <laughs> there's a big juggle between like the human element of life and work becoming more like yeah. life, work-life integration rather than this balance yeah. thing. Uh, oh, how did you guys tackle it and how did it go? Yeah, well, I personally have never had balance. Like, I'm really bad. <laughs> so for me, I was like, what's the difference? <laughs> like, I'm wicked anyway. Um, it, you know what? <clears throat> it was interesting because when it happened in March, in some ways I love a good crisis because I work really well under stress. <laughs> so, so I was there going, right, what are we going to do? So Tom, my husband, who works in the business as well and is amazing, um, we were we he kind of runs the operation stuff and we just went okay we've got to come up with a plan because the, the key the two key things for us were we've got to keep the team safe and and then we also have to make sure because we had a real influx in orders back March last year we had to make sure we could actually get the orders out as well so we moved to two shifts in the warehouse so we could keep the team separate so if someone got it in one shift it's not impacting the other shift because we didn't really know, what we, no one knew what they were dealing with back then either. Um, and then we just said to the team, right, with anyone in the office, we were like, don't come in, work from home. Um, and, but we also said, look, if you need to come in, because you need to get product, because you're doing social media, then come in, like, come in. Like, if you need to come in, because it's your job, then come in. Um, and so we've actually, it's actually gone really well for us. And We've just made sure that we haven't had excessive Zoom calls, but we've really utilized stuff like Slack so that we can be constantly talking to each other if we need to. Um, but the team's awesome. Like, we have such a good team. Like, I couldn't be prouder of my team. They're, um, and we've recruited probably three or four people in the office team through COVID. And they've started with us and are working with us through all they've ever known is being at home. And some of them have never seen the blooming office. So, um, how weird is so that? Yeah. We've done the same thing. We've had people come on board for us. And it's like, we've, we when you want to get them the full experience, it's like, well, maybe it is coming in and seeing what it's all about. So you can get, it is hard, isn't it? Cause sometimes you do feel a bit disconnected when you're onboarded remotely and you haven't seen what it's about, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's different. And it, yeah, it is harder. And I guess at some point, I mean, we're going to move to a, a bit of a hybrid model, but I'm not a, big fan of going right you've got to be in three days or two days whatever I'm more of a fan of going the office is here we've got a cool team come in when you want to come in 
treat um, you like an adult you know it's like exactly. hey you i empower you to you're, you're doing the job just do it however yeah. you want to do it you know yeah, yeah exactly like the mandates. Have- come in or else you yeah. know well, yeah. robbie's like white like- goodman you know he's in there think like globo jimmy he's got the spyware <laughs> in the webcams <laughs> you, know, you can't trust him yeah yeah <laughs> you're like what are you doing what are you doing yeah <laughs> tell us about working with your with your husband tom that must be bloody, uh, that must be balancing. Like we always talk about working with friends and stuff and how we couldn't imagine yeah. doing it without anyone like that. But I'm we sure. sometimes feel like we want to kill each other. Yeah. But not often, you know. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same. So yeah. it's, it's, I absolutely love working with Tom. Like I think, I think what's cool about it is, I hope he says the same. I'm not sure, but <laughs> <laughs> who knows? But, and I know it doesn't work for everyone because I've, I've spoken to a few people who've said to me, I do not know how you could work with your husband. Like, oh, he's also my best mate. So, and and I kind of like working with my best mate. So I think what's really good is we can be very honest with each other and that's helped us grow. And we've also been completely aligned about where we want Flora and Fauna to go. And we've not necessarily, and I've seen quite a few businesses where you've got somebody who wants to do one thing and someone who wants to do another and it actually creates a complete nightmare. So where we've been completely, completely aligned and um, oh yeah, and we have like, we have arguments all the time, um, but um, but they're short and sharp. <laughs> but it must be it must help coming back from work, and you both understanding of what the the, the day entailed. Yeah. So it's like it m- might make things easier because you both understand exactly what's going on. Yeah, it it does because we were talking about this actually not so long ago. We we're just going if one of us had sort of a nine to five job, and one of us was doing this, I'm not even sure. Like I think it would have been really hard. Mm. You know, I mean, and and. I think it would have created a lot of pressure on our relationship mm. um, as husband and wife because um, it, it's because I, I mean the pair of us have been working seven days a week and crazy hours a day. I went to bed at four thirty the other morning. Um, it's just I know I'm there going, God, Julie, when does this stop? And and that's that's slightly unusual, but not that unusual. <laughs> um, and and I think when you're both in it yeah you're right you both understand what you're, what you're dealing with so so I wouldn't work with anyone else like um in terms of a partner he's he's awesome and you know if we ever do anything else we're doing it together like he's like he's cracking yeah Strong, stronger yeah. I don't stronger. know how, how would you go I wouldn't I wouldn't Whoa, no, it depends on depends on what we were building together. I reckon if it was some interior design sort of stuff, I feel like it would be all right, you know. <laughs> it if it's a software product, no. no. <laughs> hey, let's talk about your you've like mentioned before, you know, all, all the awards there are to win, your trophy cabinets filling up. For those at home listening who might be interested in getting into the world of e-com, what are some tricks of the trade, some things you wish you had have known before you started, some things that you've learned along the way that we can impart back to those oh. listening yeah okay so bit or oh, many tricks of trade all right things that i've learned be um it's okay to fail so and learn from those failings i think a lot of people are really terrified of failing i think this is where the u.s is actually better than us because you failing is almost encouraged and in fact if you don't fail it's like oh, you're not a proper entrepreneur at all um and it doesn't have to be failing on a catastrophic scale it's just it could just be something that you do and it's really important to test stuff test and try like if you think something might work then test it I went over to um a conference probably back in 20 in the US probably back in 2016 and it was just there was just this 
cool developer there and he was creating um games that you can use on your phone and like really simple games like um are like old pac-man style stuff and he said he goes oh we can white label these and i was like oh that's kind of cool i'm like and i'm there going well how could we link that with flora and fauna and i said oh we could do like a shopping cart thing where we catch plastic bottles in the cart and um and I, I think if you caught so many, then you could get a promo code and stuff like that. Anyway, I just thought, well, this is a cool thing to do. So anyway, I spoke to him and he said he'd give me a free trial, which is always good. Um, <laughs> so we white labeled it and we tried it. And it's a complete fail. It didn't work at all. But that's okay. It, 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 I learned from it. I learned a lot from it. I've learned more from my failures than I have from my successes. We, we went to... Um, we went to an expo. Expos have been big for us, actually. I think getting in front of customers has been brilliant. And I, I encourage anyone to do it. Um, we've done heaps of markets and expos over the year. And we did one back in 2015 when we were like six months old. And we had no idea what we were doing. And um, we, we hired an enormous van and we traveled to Melbourne. And we'd made up these four. We took a load of stock. We took 400 beauty boxes that we'd made up. And we, our design, our stand looked horrific. Um, we just didn't know what we were doing. We were positioned next to some juice machine place that was just made, just doing juice for four days. And by the end of it, I was like, I'm done. And, um, no more juice cleanse for you, huh? No more. No, it really put me off, actually. It really put me off. And, um, and, and it was terrible. It was terrible. And, and we sold like two of the 400 boxes. We lost so much money doing it. I mean, it was crazy. And we came back, but I learned so much more from doing that so badly because we just went okay we tried to sell the wrong products we had the wrong location our stand looked crap um and so next time when we did it we did a really good job and every time since we've done a good job so I think you've got to test you've got to expect to fail and not beat yourself up about it and just move on and so it's like seeing the seeing the arena seeing how it operates so next time you go it's like hang on next time i go i know that it's like this i've been there i've felt that i've experienced i haven't just read it in a book or someone's told exactly. me about it yeah exactly exactly i'm i'm never one for massive amounts of theory i'm not like just i'm the kind of person that if you get ikea furniture i'm like ah, instructions whatever let's just get on and build it <laughs> <laughs> love it yeah and um and it, it it's very much that it's, you've got to experience this stuff so experience things don't hold back. Be bold. One of our values at FNF is to be bold. So put yourself out there and do it. Don't be reckless because that's different. But be bold and, and put yourself forward. So there are a couple of things I've learned. I think something that has been very important to us as well, and we didn't do it from the start because this is how we've evolved, is our purpose and values. That's really helped center us and keep us focused on our North Star, as it were. And Because as you evolve, you figure out who you are. And then you go, okay, what are we about? And I, I remember taking quite a lot of time to do that, like a lot of time to do this. It's like once we figured we were about, it's great. That's who we are. Let's go chase it. Um, but it takes time to get to, to that point. What about learning? What, what, what are you looking for to keep, whether it's to keep up to trends, whether it's inspiration from other brands, whether they're inside or outside your industry? Do you read books? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you watch YouTube? Like how do you keep up to yeah. date? All, all of the above, really. Um, even last night, there's a really cool um, show, and it was about Oz Harvest and um, the the founder Ronnie. Oh, I'm probably going to get the name wrong. Ronnie Khan, I think. 
Yeah. Ronnie yeah. Khan. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. She's so cool. I've listened to her. I've had a, been yeah. to one of her talks before. Well, Yasmin Poole's on the board, isn't she? Of Oz Harvest? Yeah. 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 She's, she's amazing. And I watch that. And I rarely watch anything without doing something else at the same time. And mm. I watched it and I'm just going, you're an amazing human. And, and she's also, what I love about her was that she, she took no, took no prisoners. She's just like, no, this is what I'm about. This is what I'm doing. And this is what I'm going to do. And you're either on the journey or you're not. Um, and I get a lot of inspiration from, so, so that's a good example last night. So if you can find it, I can't even remember what channel it was on or anything. It just, it maybe Netflix and just came up or something, but um I got a heap amount of inspiration from that and from her and watching things. So there's things like that. And then, um, yeah, pod, podcasts, absolutely. Um, uh, and I listen to lots of different types of, of ones. So anything from entrepreneurs to more purpose-driven ones. Um, but I just get inspiration from all different kinds of angles. And also from talk, I'm like, I'm a big believer in sort of, talking to people and just having that experience with someone and learning together um so yeah a couple of things there's a cool book actually um one i love called delivering customer happiness by a guy called tony shea um who was or he is the founder of zappos which is a um u.s business an amazing dude he actually sadly died last year in a fire he was only sort of in his 40s so he's really young but a really and it's like really quite sad and shocking actually but um he just taught his books great if you want to be centered on the customer and your team as well and building culture his books are really good book to read what does zappos do what do they do again zappos uh, isn't shoes. The shoe, oh, that's the guy oh, who did the shoes. shoes. Is that the guy who did shoes. the shoe when he didn't ever have the shoe and then he went and he sold his first already walked down to the shoe shop bought the shoes and then filled it Oh, no. Oh, maybe it is, actually. Maybe it <laughs> is. Know, maybe I'm wrong. Whatever. Google it. Google it. Ah, so no, it. Hey, yeah. let's move maybe on. Maybe it is. Yeah. It's a cool uh, book. <laughs> hey, our sponsor of the show, Heaps Normal, non-alcoholic beer. The question we ask all our guests is, what's your version of Heaps Normal? What's the thing that you turn to when you need some energy back in your life? Oh, bushwalking. Bushwalking. I'm, I love, love, love nature. So I live in, in Galston, which is um, – 50 minutes north of Sydney and it's just in the bush and we're backing onto National Park and I just go out and bushwalks and just get myself back into nature and turn off, get away from screens, basically. That's the thing that gives me energy. Bushwalking. I love the hikes. You'd love it down here, down on the Great Ocean Road. We've got a few different little spots oh, there. Have yeah, you been down here? I, love the, I have. You know what? Years ago, because I used to live in Melbourne actually for three years and I went to the Great Ocean Road and did the Great Ocean Road um, half marathon. Oh, really? oh, yeah, really? Yeah, that was the hardest I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a killer. That was, um, I just went, oh, wow, it's really hilly, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's crazy. It's some of the bends around there, it's a bit bloody dangerous. Bushwalking, you like out in the bush. And I walk. like it. Do you have the headphones in or do you like just listen to the birds and, and, the, and the wind? It depends. Sometimes, sometimes I have the headphones in, but a lot of the time I actually don't. And so I can just like hear what's going on. Um, and you see, like, we have such a heaps of great, sort of lots of amazing animals around here as well. So you'll, you'll just be walking and then you go, there's a massive goanna walking across in front of you and you give it a bit of a wide berth. I'll, I'll be honest. I don't get too close. But the other day there was, um, 
there's a brown snake as well so like super close which was not good which was, mm. uh, gave that a massive wide berth but um yeah well actually we look because we're on acreage and um i went outside the front door the other day and there was one like two meters from the front door so mm. yeah we have to be really careful because we've got two, two like the kids are under two so yeah, say. And yeah. they might be a toy or something what's this thing oh, they moving in yeah. yeah, they would. They'd go, yay, let's go play. No. So, wow, yeah. yeah, so we've got to be really careful with the kids. But, hey, we're, getting, yeah. we're getting close to the end of the year, end of 2021. What's on between yeah. now and Christmas and what are you excited about for 2022? Well, actually, we've got something cool coming up really soon. So at the moment, we're in the thick of it with retail and Christmas. And it's just, yeah, it's just really busy at the moment. But we're actually doing a cool campaign with, um, is starting very soon around upcycling toys and um, that's what I'm really excited about right now so we this is actually like I'm really proud of this we because we just said how many like there's loads of kids at Christmas who don't get toys because they're disadvantaged they don't they don't get toys but there are so many toys that are thrown away each year like I can see from my kids they get interested in a toy for about a nanosecond and then and then that's it so we're actually working with, um, there's a very cool group of volunteers in the um, northern uh, beaches area of Sydney. And they get together and they upcycle toys. So they're like real live elves, really. So we're collecting, we have a recycling scheme, but we're going to collect toys, old people's, sort of people's old toys that can be repaired. If they're completely defunct, then we can't do a lot with that. But if they can be repaired, then we're going to work with um, this uh, these volunteers to get them upcycled and then we're going to donate them um, via a charity on the central coast to there's a whole bunch of kids who who won't get toys this Christmas and so now they will so that's actually what I'm most excited about oh it must make you feel good and and, and really proud of the work that you've been able to build with the team and um, yeah. I love this chat yeah you. honestly yeah <laughs> leaving with a big smile on my face it's been so nice to meet you Julie Oh, pleasure. Lovely to meet you too. It's uh, no, it's awesome. It's cool, cool to talk about stuff like this because you can kind of get in the day-to-day too much sometimes. She could be one of the coolest people I've ever met, I reckon. Yeah, I'm keen to get up to Sydney, go out there with the brown, out with the brown snakes on our acreage out 50 minutes north of Sydney and Not bad. Li- live the dream. Not bad, is it? I mean... Bit of bushwalking. Bit of bushwalking. I don't know how you'd go. I, I know you're not a big camper outdoorsy sort of cat, so I know you like your hotel showers and the nice luxurious um, rooms like that, so I don't know if that's for you. This is coming from a bloke who said he likes camping but hasn't been camping for 10 years. But when I did last time, I did like it, so... <laughs> hey, if you're new to the pod, we drop guest episodes Monday, Thursday, Snacks Pods... They come at you hot Tuesday, Wednesday, hot or not drops Friday and Funny Business Recommends dropped any day during the week when we choose to do it. See you soon.